This is the MyMac Podcasting Network. TechFan38, now in 3D. I'm Tim Robertson, and I've got my 3D glasses on. And I'm David Cohen, and I've got a headache. Hey, everybody. <laughs> hey there, let's do Radio Voices. Hey, I'm Tim Robertson, and uh, I'm joined by David Cohen. Hey, David. Hey there, Tim. How are you? You know, you kind of lose your British accent when you do that, man. Yeah, I know. How, why is it that when, not all of them, but a lot of Brits, when they sing, they don't sound British? And in fact, I read that the British accent is a relatively new thing within the, the last few hundred years that it developed. That you guys didn't sound the way you do a few hundred years ago. Well, we've we've got a lot of regional accents that are fairly strong, um, and obviously you can cross pollinate from those much more easily than you can say in the states because we're much closer together. You know, it's the way people talk here in Manchester is very very different from the way they talk in Liverpool, even though Liverpool is only sort of twenty five miles down the road. So what, what happened is when the BBC started broadcasting in the late 20s, early 30s, they kind of developed this very clipped um, style, which became known as received pronunciation. That's, that's kind of, you know, the typical, very kind of upper-class-sounding English accent that, that, that many people over the, outside of the UK will be very familiar with. And that then, for a long time, they wouldn't have regional accents on the BBC. Really? And obviously that, that, yeah, they wouldn't, they literally wouldn't. If you had an accent, you had to lose it and learn to speak in received pronunciation in order to be able to broadcast on the BBC. And it's only really the last 15, 20 years that they've started to relax that an awful lot and now they're not really too bothered about it. So that obviously had a huge influence on the way people spoke huh. because the fact that, you know, we were hearing our broadcasters speak in a certain way and that's kind of the way the, the royal family have always spoken as well, even though they're not strictly British. I mean, they're all German in origin. So it's kind of weird, really. It's a real kind of melting pot of, melting pot of cultures. I mean, the, the way I speak, for instance, doesn't really sound like anybody from Manchester. Uh, and yet I've been living here for 20 years now. I, I speak to people in London and they can hear some of Manchester in my voice, even though I don't really think that I've, that I've picked up very much of the accent. You know? Well, but the other thing is, though, that you spent a lot of time in, the, in America when you were a child, too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Did you did you uh when you come back from from Florida back to the UK did your friends notice that you were picking up kind of an English or uh, an American accent or Well, not really, but but as kids we kind of learned to cultivate um to speak much more with an American accent just because if you didn't if you if you spoke like this particularly in in the mid 80s um you would get an awful lot of questions about England and oh you're English and all this sort of thing and it <laughs> You know, it's, not, it's nice once or twice, but when every person you speak to who's new sort of has that conversation with you, it gets a bit old. So we would often um, speak deliberately with American accents to try and avoid that. Yeah, I got you. you. Know, so, yeah. I was kind of curious about that. I, we've never really talked about it, but... Yeah. And, you know, uh, you, you know, you've spent time in America, so you know a lot about my country, a lot more than I know about yours. I've never been to the UK, so... Um, but if you ever have a question about... America, hey, shoot it out to me, man. <laughs> I will do. I mean, I must admit, for a long time, it was very difficult to, unless you knew somebody, it was very difficult to find out a lot, a lot of these cultural things. But now, of course, with the internet, you know, you see something you don't recognize, you kind of put it to Google and you can normally uh, figure out what it is straight away, except for the, like, the really older stuff. I don't know, know. A lot of that's getting out there, too. I mean, yeah. if, if you really know how to use Google... You really know how to search. You'll find an answer to pretty much any question nowadays. Yeah. So um, I got a couple things to chat about here at the beginning. And as usual, David and I have <laughs> absolutely no planning for this show. Uh, big surprise, yeah. I know. Uh, but, you know, David, you just got back yesterday from Africa. Yeah. Uh, how did I that did. go? Yeah, it was good. It was a good trip. Um, Makes you appreciate what you got more, doesn't it? Well, yeah, it does. Um, you know, it was good to get back. Um, 
Uh, I'll be going out there again in a few weeks, I expect. But it, it was it was interesting to see. We, you know, we got some good work done, um, and uh, yeah, you know, it was it was somewhere different to go to and different pe- type of people to meet, a different different place to see. That was very interesting, and uh, I enjoyed it quite a lot actually, more than I thought I was going to before I went, which uh, is always good. The problem now is I think my company is, is going to start thinking of me as the overseas guy and I'm going to start sending to other, get sent to other places. But. Yeah, that, that can be a problem, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got a trip to Las Vegas coming up in uh, August, so I'm kind of looking forward to that as well. Oh, that'd be groovy. Yeah. Too bad it's not the Midwest. I could go somewhere and meet you, but yeah, Las Vegas bit, is kind of a fly, it, you know, that's, that's yeah. about three hours in a plane. and Yeah, well, anyways. So I've been playing with my iPhone a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it was kind of regulated to, you know, when I needed to text someone um, or check my email real quick and the phone, but, you know, and obviously GPS, but pretty much everything else gaming wise, I've been playing on the iPad. It's just, yeah, it's bigger, you know, but there are some games that they're not universal, i.e. there's no iPad version and you could put it on the iPad and blow it up, but that doesn't always look good. No, um, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to talk about a couple of iPhone stuff that I, I've been enjoying lately. And uh, the first one is Stitcher. Now, do they have Stitcher in the UK? I'm not sure um, if they can use it or not. Is that so? What What does it do? I mean, okay. the name kind of implies a, a photography stitching kind of panoramas. Yep, but it's exactly the opposite. It's actually kind right. of a podcast client. Um, oh, for right. instance, uh, if I launch Stitcher, and it works over 3G, I can use it from my front door all the way to downtown Chicago, you know, almost yeah. 300 miles away. So it, it it works great. You could subscribe to uh, to podcasts. It gives you recommendations. The first day I was using it, it recommended the MyMac podcast. <laughs> and I said, I'm not listening to that. That's pretty good. That. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said, I'm not listening to that. Um but what's kind of cool and why I like it is I love podcasts, as you well know, David. Yeah. But I don't, I, I tend not to think about listening to podcasts when I'm at home. And right. browsing the podcast feed via iTunes on your phone is terrible. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just terrible. It's one of the things I'm hoping iOS 5 improves is, um, is your ability to do that. Let's hope. So, Stitcher, what it's doing for me, and by the way, this is a free app. It doesn't cost a dime. It's allowing me to explore shows without subscribing, without downloading anything. Uh, Explore shows that I never probably would have before. It gives you recommendations. It gives you top ten lists. Uh, You could type in, like, a subject, and they'll find shows related to that subject. And... It's kind of opening up the world of podcasting to me in a way that iTunes simply doesn't. So this is kind of like, um, I'm just looking at the website now, so it's kind of like a a talk radio stroke podcast streaming service. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And it works great. And yeah. I really like it. And, you know, free is free. I mean, you can't really complain about it. You know. So do, do, do they put ads in the streams or anything like that to try and monetize it at all? I haven't heard any. Uh, the only ads that I've heard is for Stitcher itself. So, right. you know, I'm using the app. I don't care. And yeah. even if they did put ads in, say, between shows, I would be fine with that. Well, of, of course, because why wouldn't you? Sometimes it annoys me when people get all uppity about ads in, in streamed and, and online content and everything. I'm thinking, well, you watch TV and listen to commercial radio, and that has many more adverts in it. So why are you complaining about having the old thirty-second ad in a in a we're, radio stream or a or a video stream or something? We're, we're spoiled. <laughs> That's an easy one to answer. Uh, Robot wants kitty. This is I I pretty much beat the game. There's like I don't know six or seven levels, but it's such a fun little. Very retro game. You're a little robot that starts out with like no abilities. You can just move back and forth and jump sometimes. Yeah. Um, and you find little things that will allow you to shoot, to do double jumps, to fly up in the air, to blast forward. And the whole point, it's a, it's kind of a puzzler slash um, platformer. The whole point is to get all your power so you can reach different levels and unlock things 
so you can kind of get to the kitty. And <laughs> it, it, it's it's just one of those games that I, I didn't think I was going to like. It was free for a day. That's why I downloaded it. And it's like a couple bucks now. Yeah. Um, but it was one of those games that I just started playing. And then the next time Brittany synced her iPhone to my computer, of course, it got installed on her iPhone. And she got hooked on the game, too. Uh, much yeah. more than I did. She she beat it really soon. Now, I, I, I quite like the art style here. It's kind of a cross between um, a game I used to play a lot when I was a kid called uh, Impossible Mission, which yes. was on the Commodore 64, and um, The Jetsons. Yep. <laughs> it, but here's the thing. Um, there's no real story mode to it or anything like that. It's, it's like an old-school retro classic game. Yeah. But, of course, it's not. It's brand new. But yeah. the controls are really good. My problem with a lot of these platformers on the iPhone is because you don't have a tactile touch, that it's kind of hard to do. Your your thumb can move a little bit, or the button layout just really isn't right for you. I find yeah. with uh, Robot Wants Kitty, it's just really simple. I th- it's you intuitive. Know, I, think, I think game controls on, on these touch devices is a really nuanced thing, and so many people get it wrong. I was... Um, on the on the flight both out to uh, Botswana and on the way back, because you obviously you can't use electronic devices during takeoff and landing. Why I don't know, but you can't. Um, and most of my here, it's yeah, my, yeah, most of my reading, uh, yeah. I mean, why is that? Presumably, the plane's doing much of the same thing during takeoff and landing. It's doing while it's flying through the air, and I can use my iPad once we're up, but not takeoff and landing. Don't, don't get that. Nevertheless, they do um, just to screw with us. You know that, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they, they get this kind of this little pop. Sir, sir, I'm sorry, sir. The captain said, "Shut up. Go back <laughs> up there and give me some peanuts and shut up." The captain doesn't really give a crap that I'm using my iPad to read a book. Shut yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. Anyway, we digress. Um, but because I knew of that particular thing. I made sure I had um, a couple of magazines with me for to read during the taxi and takeoff and landing sections of the flights. And I'm reading, I was reading TAP, which uh, is a UK magazine that's dedicated to iOS devices. It's a really good magazine, actually. You can get it electronically. I'd, I'd highly recommend it. Um, but that's obviously that has every month, it has games reviews, software reviews and everything. And pretty much 50-60% of all the games they review, uh, you know, you could sum the review up as saying Great game, nice concepts, let down by the controls. Yeah. And I think, you know, there is a real skill in getting good controls for these games, particularly on the iPhone where the screen is real estate so small. Yep. Uh, It's one of those things that within two minutes of playing the game, you know whether you wasted your $2.99 or your $0.99 or whatever, or, hey, the developer really put a lot of thought in here and I'm going to enjoy this. It's almost immediate. To me, it probably comes down to the developer just basically using the SDK to access the screen for control purposes and then saying, right, I've done that, and leaving it and never looking at it again against the people who, having done that, then do a heck of a lot of play testing and actually then refine the code. Well, the developer behind uh, Robot Wants Kitty obviously did that because the, the controls are just very precise. Yeah. And it has to be in a game like this. I mean when I move my thumb, he should just move as much as my thumb moves. And it just works really well. The button layout's good. Um, I like it. Yeah. Now, one of the other things that was just sent to me during the week, but of course I was in Chicago for uh, Max Specialist. Um, So it was here when I got home yesterday. I plugged it in and I charged it. Uh, They want me to review it. It's called the iMainGo X portable stereo and protective case for the iPhone, iPod Touch, and MP3 players. So David, if you're sitting there and you want to see what this thing looks like, just uh, Google iMainGo one word, and then space X, and you'll find it. Uh, Amazon is selling it for $68.29. The list price is $69.99. Right. Now what's kind of neat about this product is it's it's got a built-in amplifier. You could plug in your MP3 player uh, via the headphone jack. And, of course, it's kind of designed for an iPod Touch or an iPhone in that the back of the speaker system is a clear plastic that you could still control your touch screen through it. Right. It's very bulky. 
This mm, isn't something looks that like it. yeah. This isn't something that's you know you're going to carry around while you're jogging. But I have to say, I'm. I'm it sounds pretty good. Yeah. So I thought um, we're going to do two things at once. I'm, I'm going to play this here on the podcast so people can hear it. Now, obviously, you know, it's going to sound better to David and I than it will to the listeners because when you guys hear the show, uh, we record this in AIF format, very high quality. But then we run it through filters, and then it gets converted to MP3. And so by the time you hear it, it's not going to sound as good coming through your headphones or your car speakers as it will in person. So keep that in mind. Okay. Um, and this, so this isn't a product review. I haven't used it long enough. But I thought what would be cool to test this, David, I also downloaded this app on a whim, and it was free, called Songify. Now, the point of Songify is you talk into this. And whatever you say, it turns it into a song. Kind of does, you know, how that those rappers do that thing. And so, does it kind of make you sound like um, Glados from Portal Two with that sing song? I, I don't know. I haven't used it. Oh, you haven't used it yet. I haven't right. used it yet. I just thought, you know what, this would be fun to do on the podcast. So I downloaded okay. it. I've got it on my machine now. What I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to speak into it, and then I'm going to before I play it hopefully it'll give me the ability to not play it right away, is then I'm going to put it in this portable speaker thing, turn the uh, speakers on, and kind of aim it towards the microphone, and we'll see what it sounds like. So we'll see what it does. Now, I don't know if it's going to actually add music, or it's just going to kind of mess with my voice. You know what I mean? Okay. So. All right, let's see. What, what should I say? Um... I don't know. Why didn't you? Uh, like, why don't I'll do you do like an intro to the show? Yeah, I was going to say an intro to the show. All right, here we go. I'll do that. So I launched the app. Um, it's kind of got this round circle with a uh, uh, kind of a pause play button right in the middle, and it also gives me links to save it, to send it to Twitter, to send it to Facebook, or to email it. And then there's a, a button at the top that says "Resongify," which means you probably start over. So yeah, I'm just going to hit the button and start start uh, talking to it. Oh, uh, wait a minute. Uh, I don't know what the hell this is. It's It says resognify. Styles. Styles is locked. Uh, you gotta buy stuff. Uh, hey, welcome to... Eh, that didn't work. I don't know what the heck do- it's doing now. Uh, start over. Okay, here we go. Hi, welcome to the MyMac.com podcast. Welcome to Tech Fan Podcast. Welcome to Geekiest Show Ever. I'm Tim Robertson, and uh, we've got David Cohen with us. I figure that's good. I kind of include yeah. everybody in there. Okay, now let me... Yeah, see, it started playing immediately. So I'm going to plug it into the speakers. Um, boy, the thing with the speakers is it's really tight in here. Well, you have to kind of put it in kind of like a... It's not a dock, is it? It's no. a... No. It's, it's just basically kind of like, like a case, and then you zip like it closed. Like a phone, yeah. So there, it's nice and zipped up. Uh, I could still cancel. I accidentally hit the mail button, so it tried to. All right, so now I'm going to turn on the speakers. Okay, now let's hear what this sounds like. Mag.com podcast. Oh, that's way too loud. <laughs> how do I turn down? I don't even know how to turn down the speakers. I don't have any volume control. That's you may, maybe you have to use the volume control on the iPhone. Well, yeah. So now i got to unzip it. That's <laughs> okay. a design flaw. Yeah, yeah, I guess if you're, playing, if you're playing music or video, then you'd have the on-screen volume control, but obviously this app doesn't do that. Yeah, so, so okay, here it is. Welcome to Tech Fan Podcast. Welcome to Geekiest Show Ever. Hi, welcome to the MyMac.com Podcast. Welcome to Tech Fan Podcast. Welcome to Geekiest Show Ever. I'm Tim Robertson, and uh, we've got David Cohen with us. I'm Tim Robertson, and uh, we've got David Cohen with us. Hi, welcome to the MyMac.com Podcast. Welcome to Tech Fan Podcast. Welcome to Geekiest Show Ever. Hi, welcome to the MyMac.com Podcast. Welcome to Tech Fan Podcast. Welcome to Geekiest Show Ever. I'm Tim Robertson, and uh, we've got David Cohen with us. I like. I do. I must admit, I do like how it kind of chops up what you said around the sentences to turn that into kind of, kind of some yeah. phrases for the music. That was quite clever. That, that the actual neat. tuning of the voice itself, as I thought, does sound just like GLaDOS from Portal 2. <laughs> yes, it does. Absolutely. <laughs> I kind of like it. And it was a yeah, free app. Now, now they yeah. have these uh, 
Resognify. Now there's other things that you can buy. I'm assuming that it's giving you different beats and stuff, like one yeah. uh, club style pack. Yeah, but you're not you're not gonna really do that, are you? Oh god no. I mean that's that's the sort of thing like that's fun to do a few times, but then you're gonna get tired of it. You're not gonna say, Oh, this would be really great, but only if it had more of a Beyonce style. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I want to I want to sound, sound like uh, Sean Combs or <laughs> yeah. If only had more, if only had more Conway Twitty. Let, let's be honest, though. That, yeah, um, let, let's be honest. That my eight-year-old and my three-year-old will love that. Yeah, they will love it. And and I have to say, I agree with you. I mean, just just over the the Skype link, the speakers sounded pretty good. Um, I guess something like that where it enclosed the phone would be good if you're taking, if you wanted to use it like at the beach. Yes. Somewhere where you wanted to really make sure the iPhone was. And the was speakers like, are on the opposite side of where the control, where the yeah. iPhone itself is. So. And I couldn't see myself using that. I mean, I, I, I'm very interested in portable speakers because I travel a lot. And so yes. I always like to have something with me and I'll talk about what I was using while I was away just in Africa in a moment. Um, so I'm very, always very interested in this sort of stuff, but I think something where I have to actually zip the phone up inside something else, I, to me, I, you might as well just use a dock if you don't want to protect the phone. Yes, I agree. You know, but it, at least it's nice that it does sound good because some of this stuff sounds pretty ropey. Yes, it does. Well, and, yeah. you know, that's who knows what kind of compression and all that that this little app is putting on. Uh, yeah. I wonder what it'll sound like. Let me uh, unzip it back up again, and I'll actually play some music. Hopefully the RIAA isn't listening today. And uh, we'll see what actual music sounds like. Something that people may or may not recognize. But something with some bass, with some, you know, Say some music. Now you've got got some pressure on you to play something good. Uh, No. I'm going to (laughs) play some 80s crap. All right, let's see. Now I'm on the podcast directly. So let's go to here and here and uh, let's see what this sounds like. Uh, is it playing? Oh yeah. Well, it might help if I turn on the speakers again because I turned it off. Go on, for, yeah, that's, everything's better with electricity. That's right. Now that's slightly above um, half volume, so let me kick it right. up a little bit more. And I'm aiming it right at the microphone, so. Uh huh. It's a little muddy, to be quite yeah, honest. It it's does. A, it does sound like it's something that most people uh, will recognize. Yeah. yeah. Although this is a, uh, let me move this down here a little bit. This is actually a, um, a mashup. Yeah. It's a good one though. Yeah, I, I've heard that one. They they um they played that on the on the BBC a couple of weeks ago. It's quite interesting that how well that song goes with yeah, uh, really every breath is. you take. Um, yeah, it sounds to me like they've concentrated so hard on getting you know good treble and good bass out of it. They kind of they've missed the mids, and actually the yep. mid range is where most of the depth of the song is. Yep. Yep. So, um, but you know, uh, I, I mean, I'll, I'll as I say, if, you, if you're out if you're outside at a picnic or the beach or something, I'm sure that'd be perfectly fine. And you know what? For for seventy bucks. I, yeah, it's reasonable. Worse. You could do worse. Yeah. Um, you could plug things. You go, oh, look at this. I guess there's an on and off switch. There's two headphone jacks. There's a microphone jack, and there's a power switch on the front. So that's kind of neat. You could actually have two headphones connected to this and share your music. Say you're on a plane with yeah. your wife. You both could be listening to music without interrupting everyone else, and you don't need a splitter. So that's yeah. kind of good. Uh, on the downside, of course, it's not going to charge your iPhone for you. Um, no, and and you know, again, there's, there's the size element to it as well, which it is, is it is quite large. No yeah, question. I mean, you're kind of taking something that's a miracle of high tech miniaturization, and you're returning it to something that's the size of a large tape recorder from the eighties. Yes, it's got a wrist strap. Uh, I'm I'm looking for battery life, and I don't see. No, it's not saying what the battery life is. I'd be kind of curious on that. And it makes me a little worried when they 
don't specify what how long the battery life is. Now this is yeah. you charge it. You don't use AA or AAA batteries. So right, that's a good thing and a bad thing. If you run out of power and you're not next to a power plug, oops. Um, but by the same token, you're not feeding batteries into this every week or two. Yeah, which is a good thing because you can run out of battery even with double A's and then find you haven't got any more. <laughs> so that's right. Not many people carry spare double A's with them anymore nowadays. No. So <laughs> no, everything uh, we have now is rechargeable batteries. Yeah, a lot of it. Yeah, and I think. So let me, yeah, go ahead. So let me tell you about what I used to yeah. solve this problem while I was away because I got something new. I, I have four or five different portable speaker systems. Like most of them, I tend to use around the house. I have a. Um, I have one that the kind of similar to the one you've got there, kind of zips up and folds up. But it, when you open it up, it has a dock that you put the um, you put the iPhone or the or the iPod into, and that's pretty good. Is it but gray? The, the one, is it? Is it a gray color? Kind of no, it's it, no, it, yeah, it's it's a hard case. It, it, you, I know the one you're thinking of. It's from the same manufacturer. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I've, the name will come back to me in a minute. Sure. It just escapes me for a moment. What I was using when I went away, and this was really, I'm so pleased with this. It's called the X Mini 2 Portable Capsule Speaker. Okay. That's now, nice. this thing, yeah, this thing is tiny. It's about the size of a yo yo. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at it on Amazon. Yeah. As you couldn't tell with the clacky keyboard, I'm typing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's wow, about the size. It's 30 bucks. Yeah. It's cheap. It has a built in rechargeable battery. And the battery life is epic. I haven't charged it since I bought it, and I bought it a month ago. And I was using it pretty much all of last week. You know, and you not can just... daisy-chain this thing? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> this is the thing. So, so, so basically, let me describe this to, to the listeners. So it has, it's about the size of a yo-yo. Um, it has a little rechargeable battery in it and, and a captive 3.5-millimeter jack cable on the bottom, which you just pull out and plug into your device. And then what you do is you twist it, and it kind of splits in the middle, and then it comes up kind of like an accordion to give you extra bass. And this thing is loud. Wow. For it. I mean, so, yeah, for the size of it, you just couldn't... I mean, it can easily fill... Um, I, well, I was in a fairly large hotel room, and if I cranked it up, you know, it, basically I could hear it. If I could go in the bathroom, I could still hear everything I was, uh, I was listening to perfectly well. Um, you know, I mean, it's like, it was kind of room-filling sound, amazing for such a small device. And yes... What you can do is it has a th- another jack on the side. You can buy two of them, put them together, and then you have stereo. <laughs> um, it, you know, it really is, a, and it's so tiny, and the battery life lasts for so long, and it sounds so good for its size. Um, and then the fact, you know, the icing on the cake, the fact is it's cheap. Yes, to it me, is. It's, Very it's inexpensive. The, yeah, it's the absolute perfect portable speaker and if you're like me you um you basically you want to plug in your iphone or your ipod or any other um or even your laptop i've used it on my laptop as well any device where you just want to kind of crank the music up or crank the uh, podcast up or something uh, particularly when you're traveling this thing will just slip in a pocket or in the side of a bag um and you're kind of sorted and it's absolutely brilliant i'm really really impressed with it well i'm a member of the uh, amazon prime yeah program. me too and yeah. for, and on Amazon Prime, my price is twenty dollars and forty four cents for this. Yeah, I I would buy it if I didn't have fifty speaker systems for my. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot of them. Yeah, uh, you know, but the the one that I kind of like the best is the old uh, the iBoom system. I can't remember who makes it now, and uh, but I've had it for a number of years. It, it charges, it docks uh, the iPhone, but originally it was for the iPod. Or uh, yeah, the iPod, and I, I still got it. The only problem with it is the remote never ever worked for me. It never worked. It had a little touch interface. Well, I guess it was a touch interface, but it had a little uh, screen on the remote control that was supposed to read your playlists and stuff, so you can right. navigate from. It never worked at all. Uh, but as a speaker system itself, it sounded good. It it charged my phone, and it wasn't wasn't too large. I could take this easily to a hotel room and use it if I wanted to. Yeah. Uh, but I used it in my office in the uh, studio for a long, long time. That's kind of what I was. I always used it. And it just, I never even thought, ah, I should get something better because it, it sounded perfect for me. Yeah. Uh, I even bought some Bose speakers for the computer that I thought, well, I'll, you know, when I'm not actually needing sound on the computer, I'll just plug my iPhone into that and listen to the Bose speakers. It sounded better than the Bose speakers, so. Yeah. I suppose it's, it's kind of, I think it's a kind of acquired taste. Some people really like the sound, but you have to like 
the kind of thing that Bose does. I well, mean, it's I think not with Bose. You're spending a lot more money because it's Bose. Yeah, but I think it puts its own color on the music that um, kind of fits in with with uh, the guy who designed them. You know, who set the company up. His kind of ideology about how music should sound. Yep. But you know, it is imposing that on the sound. It's not just transmitting it as as it was created. You know, in the in the engineering studio at all. It's it is coloring it quite a lot. Well, let's take a quick so. break, David, and we'll be right back with some more tech fan. Looking for in-depth coverage of the Mac universe? How about hard-hitting interviews with industry leaders with all the questions you want to ask? Or detailed product reviews for programs costing thousands of dollars? Then you should definitely find something other than the MyMac.com podcast. The MyMac.com podcast is a show for every Mac user. Fun, entertaining, with news, reviews, and interviews with people just like you who want more from a podcast than just talking heads. Find us on iTunes by doing a search for My Mac and get ready for a good time. I used to like talking heads. So, David, it's uh, right in the middle of summer here in uh, yeah. in the free world. And, you know, the neat thing about summertime is we always get the big summer blockbusters. And yeah. Let's be honest, they're not always the best of movies. But they do. Yeah, make you, you I think every about, summer you kind of forget yeah. the. Uh, and we're just. And, you know, I mean, every every movie looks fantastic in the trailer, and then you actually go and see them, and a good 50, 60% of them are kind of at, at best meh, and at worst, ugh. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yep. And a lot of them so, now, of course, is all about 3D. Yeah. I. You know what? I've been. I, I just bought tickets for Harry Potter this afternoon. I'm going to go out with my wife this evening. Um, Grandma's got the kids, you know, as, as I'm back back from a trip away. So we're going to go and spend some quality time with each other. Um, and uh, and with Harry, yeah, absolutely. So, but the thing is, we did, you know, you know what it's like when you've got kids. Yes, you see a lot. Of, you see a lot of kids' films at the movies. You don't get to see a lot of grown up, no, <laughs> grown up movies that often. So, you know, um, we wanted to go and see it, and and yeah, I I deliberately now go looking for the two D versions, particularly with a movie like Harry Potter, where I know it's been post converted. It wasn't ever filmed in three D. Um, that's pretty much my bar nowadays. If I'm going to pay the extra for a three D movie, I expect it to at least shot in three D. You know, the last um, 3D movie I went and saw was Avatar, and yeah. I, Avatar was an okay movie. Um, a lot of people try to make it out to be more than it is because it sold so many tickets and made so much money. It was one of those meh movies to me. I, I enjoyed it the first time I saw it, but if I never see it again, that's I'm happy with that. Yeah, for me, I mean, again, the technological achievement, I mean, really, that was, a, in, in 3D, That was, I saw it in IMAX, and it was a, a, a stunning technical and filmmaking achievement but actually as a movie on its own um it wasn't that fantastic no um and uh you know i i'm interested to see the new transformers film in 3d because i know that that's another one that's been deliberately designed to be shot in 3d and was shot in 3d i'm interested to see what was achieved there um again i don't think that's going to be uh a an, an Oscar-winning movie by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I, I dis- intensely dislike this um, fashion for just literally running them through a conversion house, so up convert them to three D to try and get extra ticket sales. And I can't help worry that the movie industry is going to crash and burn on that. Well, I'm starting to wonder: Are they tracking how many people are going in to see the three D version compared to the two D version? And if they are, I think they're going to see a disturbing trend in their minds, and that's less and less people going to the 3d version and opting for the standard version but here's the other aspect of that david a lot of movie theaters are very lazy and they literally have to put a different lens on the camera when they're showing the 3d compared to the 2d yeah and if you run the 2d movie through it it doesn't look as good it muddies some of the colors uh it's a little bit blurrier than it should be and they're not taking those lenses off for the non-3d movies because they're getting lazy about it well, it's 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 more than that as well. It, the picture's substantially darker because you're looking at it through um, typically through polarizing glasses. Yes. And a lot of the movie theaters aren't investing in the bright. You have to change if you're going to do it properly. You actually have to change the projector bulb for a brighter bulb for a 3D movie. And of course, they don't want to do that. It's a 15 minute process. Um, so the movie theaters aren't bothering. So the whole kind of experience is going down yeah at and the same time and, and they're complaining about 
People aren't coming to the movies in the numbers they yeah. used to. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, give but us the a whole, better experience. Yeah, the whole point about going to see a movie in the movie theater is the fact that you're seeing it on a big screen with a, a kick-ass surround sound system. If the experience is no good, then there's, what's to stop you from just saying, you know what, I'll wait till it comes out on DVD. I almost always do, to be honest now, yeah. David. There's very few movies that I'll go out of my way to see in a theater, and that's... The, the tech problems that we have with the movie theater itself, uh, the bulb's not bright enough, the screen that they're projecting on it has a four-year-old Coke stain right in the middle. Um, you know, yeah. the seats are not comfortable. But more importantly, too many people who go to movies nowadays are idiots, and they don't know yeah. how to shut the hell up. I can't tell you how many times I almost got into a fight, because I'll turn around and tell people to shut up. I don't care. Yeah. I'm like, hey, you want to keep it down? And... uh most of the time, people will clam up when I do that. Sometimes I'll just give them my look, and they'll knock it off. Yeah. But there's a few people that if there's a couple, you know, three or four guys, they take it as a challenge. And yeah. uh, I'm stupid enough uh, to... <laughs> you know. And then you get then you get the people who, who think if their cell phone goes during the movie, well, they have to take that call. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, you just, know, I, I don't I, enjoy it anymore. I really don't enjoy going to the movies anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, if the, if the experience is bad and you're not getting a lot out of it, and it's expensive as well, then people are just going to go, you just stay at home, watch it on the Apple TV, or watch it on Netflix, or I, the DVD, I'm, or buy the DVD, or the Blu-ray. I'm watching more and more movies uh, on Netflix, and more and more movies I'm renting in iTunes. Remember, I, I've got two or three nights every week sitting in a hotel by myself. Yeah, I hardly ever turn on the old TV they got with a... You know, it's like 30 channels and 15 of them are in Spanish and, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. and another five are kid channels like Nicktoons and, you know, those kind of things. I, there's just nothing on for me. The only time I ever yeah. turn it on is the morning to see what the traffic is if I'm actually going to our downtown location. Yeah. Um, but then it, it, even that doesn't help me because I don't know another way to get there. So if it's it's crappy, at least I know it's going to be crappy. It's not a surprise. And by the way, it's always crappy. Um Unless I leave at like five in the morning, so mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to movie theaters. I'm I'm waiting till they come out on video, and I've noticed this trend where, and it hasn't been any big blockbusters or anything like that. It's it's more independent films. You can actually rent it for you know sometimes six ninety nine. I've seen them all the way up to nine ninety nine, but you get to watch them renting in iTunes before they even hit the theater. Mm-hmm. I, I've been I've seen a couple movies that way. Yeah, um, I I I think this is going to be a continuing trend, David. I mean, I think the big blockbusters you, they're not going to do it with Thor or Green Lantern or Harry Potter, but I do think they're going to start doing it with you know some of the non big blockbuster movies. Yeah. Why open up a movie that costs ten million dollars to make? With no, you know, AAA stars, why open that at you know three hundred theaters? It, it doesn't make any sense. It's not going to make its money. And not only that, the cost of marketing it to three hundred theaters, because no point putting it three hundred theaters unless you're going to um, promote it, try and get people to come and see it. And that cost of marketing probably, you know, can very easily chew through the entire budget of the movie. If you look at, uh, you know, some of these smaller independent flicks, you know, like Little Miss Sunshine and stuff like that, they, you can imagine them doing very well uh, on sort of direct to, direct to the market through streaming services and rental services rather than going through the cost of appearing in the movie theater. Absolutely. You know what? I'm surprised that's never happened. And uh, maybe we should get an investor and just do this ourselves, David. <laughs> Is uh, social media movies, i.e., there's certain times that you're going to play a movie and you rent that movie you pay you get your ticket you go into this chat room um you click a button your whole screen goes dark and on three quarters of your screen is the movie and on say i don't know the right side of the screen is a chat window it's not bright it's it's much dimmer than the rest of the movie but everyone's seeing the same thing at the same time, and you can literally comment, chat, with people that you don't even know. Or you can set up groups like, hey, everybody, let's go watch this together on um, socialmovie.com or whatever it is. And you can literally chat with your friends. Uh, just just text chat. Otherwise, you know, you're not going to hear the dialogue. 
Yeah. Um, I think something like that would be kind of neat too. Yeah. Well, so that'd be kind of like mystery science. Was it mystery science? Yes. So 3000 where they used to do the commentaries as, as they played the movie. So it'd be kind of like an online version of that. Yeah. Sounds interesting. Let's, hmm. uh, let's talk to the VC guys. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> BJ, you're listening. <laughs> yeah. I no, I think that's something like that would be kind of neat. I would be interested in doing that. Yeah. And not just, you know, new movies, you could do it with old movies. Sixteen Candles. Let's watch Sixteen Candles and and you know be real snarky in the the comments. You, now you see, you would imagine that that sort of service would be something that somebody like um, Rotten Tomatoes or one of the other kind of aggregate Metacritic or something like that might want to consider. I think it would be kind cool. of yeah, it would kind of fit. You know, if you could, because particularly if you could record those sessions so that you could then. It, if you didn't want to necessarily participate, you could then play the movie back and actually see the commentary as you were watching it. Absolutely. That would you be know. cool. And, and, you know, there's no technical limitation why they couldn't do something like that. No. Nope. I mean, that, to me, that would be very easy to accomplish. I, I mean, I couldn't encode it like that. I couldn't create it. But uh, I could come up with ideas. <laughs> I, wonder how, I wonder how the movie industry would take it, though. Well, what do they Because obviously... Well, Obviously, the, the downside of that is that, you know, somebody might really trash a movie. Well, they're going to do that might anyway. Might really trash a Well, uh, yeah, they are. But let's face it, movie, uh, movie companies are, you know, they're always interested in burying the bad press. But here's the and thing. They, if, if you're trashing the movie, sometimes when people say, oh, this movie was just so bad and, you know, the things that this group was saying during the movie, the, the things that they were typing about, it was so funny, though. It made the movie better. People will go yeah. rent that movie with that particular text transcript because now it's an event. It's something to do. Yeah. And, and not only that as well, I mean, transparency in terms of getting feedback from people who've actually seen the movie about how the movie actually is um, rather than just a trailer or something. I mean, we've all, we've all seen mo- movies where the trailer is completely misrepresented what the movie's oh, all about. all the time. Yeah. And... For, you know, it might be a bad movie. It might be a brainless movie. It might be um, a ridiculously over-the-top, violent and gory movie. And you know what? Sometimes there's a market for that. And if you just come out front and say, oh, yeah, this latest Jason Statham movie, you know, has got a, a body count of 175 and, you know, five unique deaths and that sort of thing, there will be some people who say, that's exactly what I want to watch. Yes. And they won't get that from the trailer. <laughs> you know? That's right. You know, you could also so, do kind of a, horror, a Rocky Horror Picture Show thing in that, you, you know, you watch Ferris Bueller and every time someone says Ferris in the movie, you have to take a shot. Yeah. <laughs> and so the text chat is like, shot, shot, shot. Yeah. <laughs> it could be pretty cool, man. I think so. We should, I think we should delete this portion and write up a business plan to do this. And uh, I think, well, I'll tell you what, you write the business plan, I'll file the patent. You know, you know we'll who, be, we'll be yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know who would benefit from an idea like this is Blockbuster. They're getting their ass handed to them by Netflix. It's, mm. it's, and Apple and Amazon movies, and they're just getting their ass handed to them. Wouldn't it be cool yep. if they did something like this? It would put them on the map. The problem with that, though, is I think they've lost their cool factor. Well, yeah, the, the, if they ever I had mean, it. The, the 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 difficulty with any social media enterprise. I mean, uh, Apple's ping kind of really proves this: is you have to rapidly achieve some sort of critical mass for it to work. Yeah, ping's been uh, a failure. And, yeah, ping's been a failure, and um, I think that, as you say, Blockbuster doesn't just doesn't have enough people interested in it to actually drive a service. But they like could that. do Whereas, it. And just not put the Blockbuster name on it. Call it something else. But it's yeah. it's got the backing of Blockbuster. Yeah. So you won't, you won't necessarily want to use that branding. Um, I mean, I'm sure if Netflix went down that route, then uh, they would make an absolute killing. But um, now, <laughs> interestingly enough, I have caught the news about the Netflix pricing changes. Yeah. And, you know, it goes back to, to you know, one of the previous conversations we had about entitlement. What are people on? Yeah, the price has gone up. I, admit, I, I appreciate the price has gone up fairly substantially where it was before, but it's $15. If you, if you go for both services, it's what, $15, $16 a month yep. for as many movies as you, as you can rent via mail and all the streaming services. Well, it's still one at a time, though. Yeah, 
but the, but the, yeah, but that's that's the way it's always that's always works, isn't it? But you know, what kind of planet are people on? Where else are you going to get that sort of deal? Yep, I agree. I wouldn't. <laughs> I, you know, I went and I changed mine to streaming only. So it's what nine ninety nine or yeah. Seven. I don't know. It was yeah, it's less than ten bucks. People are saying, "Oh, well, it used it used to be less than ten bucks for both services." And it's like, okay, so if they keep that price model, they'll go out of business because not making any money. So, what would you rather do? Pay more and still be paying, you know, for like the equivalent of five co- cups of coffee or one and a half movie tickets yeah, to get all that content every month and and uh, bitch and moan and whine about it, or have them stick with the old pricing and the company go out of business. I, you know, I thought it was a whole bunch of ado about nothing myself. I thought, re- this is really what we're complaining about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, That's prices right. went up. Have you been through the gas station lately? I mean, <laughs> exactly. you know, have you I gone mean, to yeah. the grocery That's market? You, with the price of gas now, you will probably spend more in fuel actually driving to the movie theater. Oh, absolutely. Than you would do for your Netflix subscription if you went a couple of times a month. Absolutely. So... <laughs> You know, get over it. Yes, it's become more expensive, but you know what? That just means you were getting a really good deal before, and now you're paying a fair price. And, you know, here's the thing. The people that really are into the streaming service, how many of those people were actually getting a DVD shipped to them? I I had one. I've had the streaming service for two years. Yeah. And I stream all the movies. I never have one I had shipped, and it was something that I wanted to watch. They didn't have in the streaming service. Um, I checked my uh, my cable box. I did a search. It wasn't anywhere there because I figured I'll just record it. Uh, so I said, "Oh, they, well, they've got the disc. I haven't sent me the disc." Uh, but yeah. quite honestly, I, you know, I, I got the disc. I copied it so I could watch it at my leisure and sent the disc back. And I still haven't watched the damn thing. Yeah, so. and and interesting enough, at any time. I mean, we don't have Netflix in the UK, so I can't comment from personal experience. But any time I spoke to anybody in the states, I knew who had it. Um, about Netflix, they always used to say to me, oh, yeah, you know, well, the problem is is you, you get your disc and then it sits around your coffee table for six weeks before you get around to watching it. Yep. So you don't you don't end up going through the movies anywhere near as fast as you thought you were. Yep, absolutely. And, of course, that's exactly why Netflix has had to up the price because they're not getting any volume through there anymore. That's right. It's I think eventually Netflix will completely get away from the disc. It'll be a streaming-only service. Um, it's not, that's a couple years away, but that's obvious where it's going. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see the big problem. I really don't. If you rent three movies in iTunes in a month, you've paid for the streaming service on Netflix. Yeah. So, yeah. Last thing I want to talk about before we wrap up this show, David, is we're, uh, we're approaching 50 minutes here is, uh, and I don't know if you remember yet. It's Google plus. I have avoided Google Plus like play. Yeah, you know, I, I got a real early invite, and you know, I, I I don't see the point. Is I think what I could take out of it so far. I've got it up here on my screen, and uh, you know, I've got some friends and acquaintances on there, and some of them, uh, Rick Stringer, a, a friend of the show, uh, has been using it, and. He posted. I don't. I don't know why I should be using Google Plus, although he has been using it. And people like Robert Scoble, who's using it like crazy because he's, you know, that's that. He, that he's that guy. He's always going to be that guy. Yeah. But I. I don't see the pleasure, or I don't see the. Uh, I said pleasure because that's it said it on my screen right there. <laughs> I, I don't see the point of Google Plus over and above what I can already do with. MySpace and Twitter, or MySpace. Wow, did I go? (laughs) Facebook and Twitter. Um, Speaking Uh, of MySpace, did you see Justin Timberlake's company bought it for like thirty-eight million bucks? Yeah, I know. And I, you know, I read that and I thought, yeah, yeah, Justin. You know what? The (laughs) the late nineties rang. They want the computer back. (laughs) Why would you spend that much money on MySpace? Really? I, I can only presume that they wanted the account database because they're going to develop something else. And I would hope be- so because that site is just it's a wasteland but, but, of unupdated <laughs> I mean it's, it's sad. No, I, I, it, well it is in, in some way it is sad because you know they were one of the early leaders and they made a big impact particularly in the music scene but they just kind of 
putter. They didn't out. develop it at all, and the site always looked horrible. It always yeah. looked like a really bad, you know, HTML 1.0 web page. I thought it was really kind of tacky. So, um, you know, that kind of shows the risks of social networking. I understand why Google's done this, but there's two problems I have with it. First of all, I am. I think there's a very, very small group of people. Um, and a very uh, self-absorbed and introspective group of people who like to join every single social media service that's going and tout it as the next big thing. And and I think 95% of the population have no interest in that whatsoever. Um, it's just really, you know, a kind of... Um, tech media navel-gazing, in my opinion. So that's point one. So you, when, when people start raving about it, how great it is and everything, I don't think you can take that at face value. I, I think these things, they need time to mature before anybody can understand the, the, the true value of these things. Secondly, I think Google's done a terrible job of actually explaining what the thing's for. Because you know, I've got to be honest, until you mentioned it just now, and I went and looked up the Wikipedia page, I didn't even know half the things you could do on the thing. You know, it, it's just been re- everyone's be, it, everyone's going. Oh, have you got invited to Google Plus? Google's launched its new service and everything, and nobody's actually bothered to really explain what the value of it is meant to be. It it seems to be such a mishmash. It's not. Um, it doesn't focus. Yeah, it, there's no focus yeah. to it at all, at all. Um, yeah, right now, it's just tech people using it. And Bill Palmer from Beat Week Magazine and I were uh, i chatting a couple days ago. Yeah. And we were bitching about Google Plus. Like, what? What's the point? Because he's on there, I'm on there. Uh, my my Twitter is feeding into it, so it looks like I'm using it, but I'm really not. And he said, "You know what it is? It's tech hardcore tech geeks, uh, the the tech journalist type of people out there, the Robert Scobles and you know uh, the Leo Laportes, those guys. Yeah, will jump on it. They'll proclaim it's the coolest thing in the world." Because all of their friends are on there. And then it gets opened up to the public. A bunch of people rush in and they go, oh, it sucks now. And I don't, I, I'm not even going to use it. It's terrible. It's this, it's cool because we're here and nobody else is. It's yeah. that kind of mentality. And when has the tech press ever been correct about what's cool and what's not cool. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah. I, I've never really seen myself in that kind of category. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yes, I'm tech press. I've been doing it since 95, for God's sakes. And yes, I've been podcasting since almost the very beginning of podcasting. Um, but I, I've never really kind of put myself up on that pedestal that some of these guys put themselves. The Robert Scobles, the Leo Laportes, the John Dvorak, the... the Adam Curry's, they kind of put themselves up on this little thing and say, we're cool because we say we're cool and we're ahead of you guys in technology and we say what's cool and you're going to eventually come here and think it's cool. Eh, yeah. Yeah, I know. You know, I, it, it just bores me to death. It really does. It just, yeah, it, it's it, so boring. I, I'm, but this is kind of what I'm saying. You can't rely on the opinions you're going to get. For a start, a lot of them are, are paid. They're paid to advertise. They're uh, paid to promote. Or if they're not, they're not actually paid to promote. They're kind of courted by some of these companies. I mean, Leo Laporte, um, his his network has a show called This Week in Google. Yeah. So, how can you how can you rely on any? Ob- you know, I'm not saying this is deliberate or malicious, but how can you really can you rely on any objectivity from from him as a person when part you know part of his um, part of his uh, kind of show base is a is a show that talks about Google as an issue. Well, we talk about Macs on the MyMac podcast. Yeah, I know, but we, we're quite upfront about the fact that, um, you we're know, Mac that's... Fans. that. Yeah, we are fans and we're opinions, and, and, and I don't think we've ever been afraid to call out Apple when we've um, when we felt they've not done something that's right. Well, I mean, we've we, always you know, separated we... Apple from the Mac community. The MyMac yeah, podcast is right. about the Mac community. Yeah. It's not about Apple. But look, in this conversation, we just talked about an Apple service, and we said it was rubbish and it was a failure. That's you know, true. we're not, we're not, uh, you know, we're not promoting. Uh, it's not our business to promote Apple. In and we're not to, apologists either. Yeah, it's it's. But but the thing is, we're not reliant on promoting Apple to support what we do here. No. Whereas you know, um, I'm just like it or not, Leo, the port is. 
and, and plenty of other people are as well. And, and so you can't rely on them. You know, Scoble's a prime example because he is, he is a paid mouthpiece for a lot of these companies. And, and he believes it's his mission in life to promote everything that's new because, um, he, you know, he sees himself as a tech evangelist. And, you know, he, he knows that his hit rate is not 100%. He doesn't really care. But the point is, is the, ma- the man in the street doesn't know that. You know, and, so we're um, kind of between the man in the street and uh, Robert Scobels of the world. Uh, I well, I, I I think I think we you know we're fortunate in that because of what we do, um, you know, we have a bit more of an insight into the industry than than your man in the street. But but you're absolutely right. We've never we never put ourselves up on a on a pedestal, and we're certainly not getting paid the big bucks for what we do either. So. Um, you know, I, I would hope that our opinion is just our opinion, and I don't think we've ever dressed it up as anything other than that either. I think that's a fine place to end this week's tech fan, David. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that's right. Next and week, anybody, yeah, anybody wants to reach us, you can find us on Google Plus and on. <laughs> there you go, and I'm on Ping. Don't forget Ping. Yeah, that's right. You know, I do try the new services. I do. I I, I check them out. But I, I keep I try to keep an open mind. I'm never wowed just because it's new. I go yeah. in, I look at it, and I go, eh, it's not really ready for prime time. But I've got my account. I'll see if it, you know, if anything ever comes out of this. Yeah, and the um, the the key thing for me is I'd much rather see more integration between the services I do use nowadays rather than brand new services that do the same thing that other things do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in fact, I think I'm MyMac at Google Plus, so it's plus.google.com slash MyMac. I yeah, always, be- I almost always grab MyMac when I sign up for something new. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'd, well, I'll I'll um, I'll stay on the sidelines as far as Google Plus is concerned yeah. for the moment. Well, so, we'll yeah. let you know if it's worth joining anytime soon. <laughs> but quite honestly, at the moment, not so much. Not so much. So David, let's wrap this up. Um, programming note: uh, I'm. I'm in Chicago next week uh, for um, the end of the week. So, David, if we can do it on Tuesday, uh, that would be excellent. Yeah, so maybe an earlier show next week. Yeah, that, that's fine. And maybe we can actually come up with some topics ahead of time. That might let's let's do that. That's a radical suggestion, but I like the cut of your jib. <laughs> Dude, I mean, we've got an hour. We had absolutely. We had nothing. We, I know. We haven't if we, chatted. If we actually planned end. this, we could yeah. take over the world. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Imagine. I mean, we haven't, we've literally not communicated since we stopped recording episode 37 a week ago. <laughs> we literally have not said or chatted or emailed anything to each other. The nope. first time we communicated was when you sent me a, a, a text last night, or was it this morning? It was this morning. I sent you an e- yeah, I sent you an email last night, and then I texted you this morning. Yeah, same. I think I think you missed the email. I did. I never saw it, uh, but yeah. I got your text, and it said ten thirty, and I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was it. That was our show prep. What time? This time? Okay, <laughs> ready. We don't need no prep. Who needs stinking press? <laughs> All right. So, David, it was great talking to you again. Uh, maybe we'll plan it out. If you guys got any, you know, hey, you guys should really talk about this. I'd like to hear your opinion on that. Uh, we absolutely would love to hear from you guys. Um, uh, and also, if you if you have an opinion, so if you want to put your opinion forward, and then then we can discuss, we can debate your opinion and and uh, see what see what what our view on that is. That's also an interesting way to go. Absolutely. Now we don't we don't beat you over the head like Guy and Gaz have been doing, and it's working for them to get feedback. <laughs> no, it, it absolutely is working for them. Yeah, they're they're beating people over the head right at the beginning of the show. Uh, to get feedback, and it's making the MyMac podcast a better show because of that feedback. Uh, we don't do that. I don't know why. I, I, I think it's generally because we're lazy. Um, <laughs> but I could, <laughs> I could be wrong. Yeah, that's uh, right. Uh, it's the same email address. Yeah, it's right. feedback at MyMac.com. Feedback at MyMac.com. That comes directly to me. Uh, of course, if it's for the MyMac podcast, I most of the time forward it over there, but if it's really complimentary, I don't send it over there because I don't want them to know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Treat mean, keep and keen. That's right. Uh, you can leave a message on our Skype line. It's 1-801-938-5559. Leave a message there. We'll play it on the show. Uh, I do have to renew my Google or my Google, my uh, my Skype something. It's saying I think my, my number's going to expire, so I have to get in there and, and renew it. 
because my luck is, you know, we start saying the phone number, David, and people start calling it, and I forget to renew it. And, <laughs> yeah. oh, they didn't pay the bill, so I guess yeah. I can't leave a message. Uh, and, of course, I'm at MyMac on Twitter, so just MyMac. And David is? David B. Cohen. So with that out of the way, let's get out of here, David. I got stuff to do. Me too. <laughs> Talk to you next week. Bye.